Hi, guys, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Bobby. Today, I am joined with Quint Parsons III. He runs the Fallen Tree Wood LLC, where they transform fallen trees into beautiful pieces of furniture. He hopped around from industry to industry for a couple of years until eventually finding his passion and created a business he loves with woodworking and epoxy resin. Quint, welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me on, Bobby. I'm really excited to be here and uh, tell my story. Oh, I love it. I am so excited to dive into this. I am a fan of DIY projects and building, and I've toyed with epoxy resin in the past as an art form. And this is a medium that is becoming more popular. So tell us a little bit more about like how you got started into it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I started um, my woodworking journey um, under my dad. I worked under my dad, who was like a master carpenter. And for a few years, and kind of absorbed everything I knew or he was offering. And then growing up, I always loved art classes. You know, I was always big into art. So like you, like you said, I hopped around from industry to industry. And then I discovered this eco-poxy. A lot of guys in Canada actually use it. And, you know, I was on Instagram and I realized that if I could incorporate the epoxy into the woodworking and combine it with the artistic side that I kind of grew up with, that I might be onto something. And it kind of stumbled from there. You know, I worked out some flaws, but it kind of manifested into this beautiful kind of business that I got going on today. Oh, that's amazing. So do you, I know you said you use fallen trees from the area. How do you go about finding these? Because I know for a lot of people, they're like, you know, Live Edge is so beautiful and has a story of its own, just like each of us has a story. How do you come up with these pieces? For sure. Usually um, it's word of mouth. You know, I'm at the point now that I have a few friends that they know what I'm doing and they have friends. And if ever a tree falls, you know, especially if there's a big storm locally, uh, my phone's always blowing up the next morning. You know, they're like, I got a tree that fell down. And I just try to do what I can to go salvage it. Sometimes they're too big and I don't have the means to get it. But that's really how I uh, get all my trees is just word of mouth. And some, you know, I go scavenge the riverbank sometimes in the local areas. But that's really how I just come up with them. Just word of mouth and just knocking on doors. I actually left a note on um, a house down the road. There were some fallen trees in their yard and I just left a note on their door saying, I'm interested, give me a call. And that's really how it's been going. That is incredible. So a lot of people would be like, you know, if I received a note on my door that and they saw that a tree that had fallen, they're like, you're going to make something beautiful out of it and take it out of my yard. It's like a no brainer. Like I don't have to pay somebody to come over with a chainsaw and cut it to pieces. And you know that it's going to something and create mm -hmm. something. Yeah, that's usually it's funny that that's mostly a reaction I usually get. They're like, oh, you want this? You're going to get it too? Perfect. So uh, I usually try to make them, you know, I'll make them like a serving tray, you know, just so they have the piece of local wood that was off their property. And they always usually like that. Pretty good, you know, deal. Oh, definitely. Because as we both know, um, live edge wood pieces are expensive. But if you're doing the hauling off, if you're, 
doing the sourcing of it yourself, you've got yourself in a niche of business in essence too, where, you know, you're, you've got it from the ground up, you know, the story of where the story came from. And not only that side of it, but also as a business side of it, you've cut your costs way down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's definitely sometimes where, you know, if there's like a special request in like a specific size, I'll have to go to a, I have a local dealer who deals with slabs and I'll have to buy one when, you know, in certain situations. But as of now, um, I have, like I was telling you earlier, I have a stack of wood in my house from a couple of years ago that, cause it takes a few years to dry. Mm -hmm. So this summer coming up, you know, I'll have a bunch of product to use. But that's, that's also a stumbling block because I'm a little guy, so I don't have a kiln or anything. So all my wood slabs are just naturally dried, you know, outside. And um, so that's where we're at now, yeah. And how long do those slabs normally take to dry? For somebody who's totally new to this industry and they're like, okay, so you picked up the tree, hauled it mm -hmm. back to your shop, and then you get it plain or not, would you get it milled? Next. Yeah, so you'd get it milled and then you'd stack it up with dunnage so it's nice and level. And then they say um, it takes a year per inch if you're drying it naturally. And a common thickness that a lot of mills do is three inches. That way you have room to, you know, to make your furniture. So it really it takes a good three and a half years before you can use a piece of wood that's totally dry. Okay. So this is yeah. not a quick process. You have to be committed to the, the art and committed to the process to make it happen. How long yeah. have you gotten into or been doing the epoxy style with the live edge pieces? Yeah, so it's been, I started, my first piece that I did with epoxy in it was 2018. So I guess you know, almost, almost three years now. Um, and I remember... You know, so I, I, you have to build a form and everything to contain the epoxy. And I thought I had all the research done. I was all gung-ho, you know, I ordered the epoxy, poured it all in there. My very first piece came back in a couple hours and it had all leaked out. It was all over the, all over the floor. And I was like, oh my goodness, well, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, I did some more research. I asked for some help for some more, with some more experienced guys. And I figured it out the second time. But yeah, that was my first piece back in 2018, and it was it was a catastrophe, you know, the first one. Yeah, I feel so bad for you because I know just from playing with this epoxy on a small level, and for those of you who have no clue what it takes to make these beautiful pieces of river tables, or if you've seen the a lot of people doing right now the beachscapes on wood and so forth, and they're using heat guns. If you make a mess with epoxy resin, you've got 40 time or 40 minutes to like mm -hmm. clean it up or it's a sticky, hard mess. And yep. it like, I just feel for you. Cause I know when I played with it a couple of years ago, I was doing more of it. And I was doing it at home in the kitchen and I lay out plastic and everything. And I'd yeah. still have like resin residue on the kitchen sink and things right. like that. And everybody would be going, why is it so sticky here? Bobby, were you playing today? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. 
it's actually funny. So the epoxy, the epoxy that I use in particular, um, so it's called eco epoxy, and it's made manufactured in Canada, and it's completely, you know, eco friendly. So it's made from eggshells, soybeans, and flowers. So it takes three days to set up. So that's the the big challenge is you basically have to make a watertight form to hold the epoxy for up to 24 hours before it even starts to set up. So that was where I went wrong the first time, you know, because mm -hmm. I thought it was going to set up real quick. Oh, okay. And it turns out it, it takes, it takes so long to set up because it's a natural, it's all natural ingredients, mm -hmm. but, but um, figured that out. And, you know, we've come a long way since 2018 for sure. Yeah. Your pieces look so pretty. And if somebody's listening to this and it's like, what does an epoxy table look like or in a river table, go check out Quint's work. Like it is so beautiful. Um, what's sort of your creative process with it? Like, how do you decide how things are going to be placed together? Because it is an art form. It's not like, here's a piece of wood. Let me put it in a mold. Let me pour some epoxy in it. Yeah, it, it usually stems off um, the piece of wood in particular, you know, whether it be a lighter or darker wood, or there's a lot of, there's, you know, there's a lot of elements that come into play, whether, so if it's an end cut, then, you know, the grain's going to be like a circle, rather than if it's a, if you slab it out, then the grain's straight. So it really all depends on the type of wood. If it's, if it's a commission piece, obviously you want to work with the client and, you know, make their needs priority. But the, the times that I get to make one personally, it's really hit or miss up until I pour the epoxy, you know, it's, it's kind of like a game time decision, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of color and, you know, stuff like that, which is like exciting. And part of the reasons why I love it so much, because you can't really go wrong. It's just a lot like artwork, you know what I mean? And like you said, you have this art background and you love to do art. And now you get to go into the workshop, you get to essentially play and create more pieces that end up in somebody's home that they absolutely love. What's been one of your like favorite pieces that you've created? Sure, absolutely. So I actually have one um, that I did this past April. It was a dining table for one of my clients in Sanibel Island. And for the, for the listeners, I live in Maryland on the East Coast. And um, so I drove it there personally and installed it, which was 16 hours, I think. But the house that I was getting, that it was she who ordered it, is it was an artist herself. So she had her house set up in a way that it was kind of like an art gallery, you know, mm -hmm. as you would go in. And the table itself just tied everything together. I used cherry which is kind of like a reddish orangey wood. And then I use white epoxy. So the contrast of the two just set off and she had white countertops. And, you know, a lot of things just came together really well to make it my favorite, you know, including the installation, how, how smooth it went. That's also part of the reason why it went so well or went my favorite. Uh -huh. Definitely the Sanibel Island table. I saw that one and I was like, this is so, so pretty. Thanks. And as a design lover, I'm just like, these are masterpieces. It's no longer just a table in somebody's home. Like it is artwork 
that somebody now gets to eat dinner off of every single night and realize this. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, it's always a journey. There's always some new challenges during the project, but it's always so satisfying, you know, to talk with the client and get their reaction and their feedback. Oh, I can imagine. And what have been some of the challenges for you as you've gotten into this space and developed over the past two and a half, three years? Sure. So just recently, I'd say the past year, um, one of the main challenges has been with making the charcuterie boards, which is, it's a good challenge, which is I've had a lot of orders. So I've had to figure out ways normally that I can produce more and at one time, which has been a good challenge for me. You know, I think it's something I needed and I was finally starting to settle almost, find that groove. Mm-hmm. But so just, just being more productive and making the best out of what I got is, um, has been a challenge this year so far. And that sounds sort of like a good challenge, you know, yeah, in for- this time where we've had to take a step back and retool how we do everyday things or we have more time on our hands or we've got different things in flux and then you're trying to figure out you know what i'm growing i'm how do i take this situation and make the best of it and become more productive which is definitely one where i can see it now like the look in your face and the energy it's like i've made it like i figured out how to pivot during this time and look at where we're at today and these holiday orders are complete and they're all going out. Yeah, I was was just the other night, you know, I told you earlier that I kind of closed the books, so to say, for this year. And uh, it was just a, just a big relief. You know, a lot of, a lot of people helped me through the process this year, but um, yeah, it's definitely a big sigh of relief. You know, I kind of relaxed the next couple of days, get, get straight to the new year and everything. And then hit the ground running again. And that rest is so necessary. Definitely. I want to dive into this because I started to notice this, um, that you have been waking up super early in the morning with this new, is it a new morning routine or have you um, been doing the 4.30 a.m. wake ups for a while? Uh, it's been It's been about eight months, a year. I've been waking up, waking up about four o'clock, 4.30 I've been trying to at least, yeah. Uh, How have you found that as a difference? Because I'm gonna preface this by saying, you know, my brother, like we love to work out and fitness and stay motivated. And it's been one of these challenges of, Mm -hmm. for me, like I used to always be traveling. I don't know where I'm moving to in January and the new year. So I'm like, well, I don't want to pay for a gym membership for like two or three months when I'm only going to use it for one. Um, So my brother is like, okay, well, you can come with me to the gym and work out with me. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this is like essentially personal training because he's a former cop and loves to work out. And I was like, oh, what's the catch? And he's like, I go at five in the morning and I was like, okay, well, challenge accepted. Let's try this. And for me, it's been amazing. How has it been for you? You've been doing it longer than a couple of weeks. You said eight months. Yeah. For for me, um, like probably eight months ago, I was at a point where, um, you know, I I was kind of off my track 
you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have an established morning routine and I, I couldn't prioritize, you know, certain projects. So what I found with getting up early is it's just, for me, it's all about uninterrupted time. And so from four o'clock to seven o'clock, you know, whether it be working out or doing reading or journaling or, or whatever it may be, you know, I just find it that that uninterrupted time is crucial for me in the long run, whether it's, you know, like I said, making a power list for the day. Just for me, I can prioritize the day a little better getting up early. Yeah. And it just, for me too, it like sets your mind right. Like you have this foundation, it's quiet. I don't know if you live with somebody or not, but like I'm in a house of normally anywhere from four plus people. And mm. it's like, this is the one time that I can find quiet before anybody else wakes up. If I'm at the gym, working out, come back, have coffee, be able to write. And Absolutely. it's just this moment of clarity. Yep. Yep. For sure. It's, you know, when, and when you set um, a time to wake up and you wake up at that time, you know, it's, you're starting the day off with a win. And uh, for me, that's what it's all about. Just little wins all, you know, throughout the day, you know, they end up and then, you know, you won the day, you go to bed, you won the day. And then you're ready to do it again the next day. And when that day, and it just keeps adding up. Um, have you noticed, like, even with, you know, prioritizing to-do lists and things like that, have you noticed that your productivity and energy level has shifted throughout this? I would definitely say so. Um, so specifically in the mornings, you know, because in the past, I'd spend half a day you know, doing nothing, you know, I'd go in the shop, you know, and mess with this, mess with that, you know, not really finish anything, you know what I mean? And um, I found with getting up early and really starting the day off right, I can, I'm able to just dive right into something. One, because I think I've already been up a little while and, you know, I'm awake, my body's ready to work. Um, but for sure in the mornings, you know, I get, I get a lot of work done in the mornings and in the afternoons, I'm kind of game planning for the next day. And that is amazing that you've not only gotten to this place where you're like, okay, business is going, it's chugging along, it's thriving, and you found out a way to prioritize it. But all the while, you've done this amidst a pandemic and like this sea of negativity where you could be like, okay, I'm just, I don't feel like it today. It can wait. The wood's still going to be here tomorrow. This order doesn't have to be done for another week. Um, but then you flip the scripts, which I love. And you're just like, yeah. okay, well, here's another challenge. Here's how I'm going to start trying to combat it. And mm. look at me now, I've done it. Yeah, and it's definitely been challenging. Um, especially trying, you know, connecting with clients. Obviously all of that is over the phone now and, you know, and sending pictures rather than a lot of the local clients could just come to the shop and, you know, they could see how the process is going. So that's been a huge, huge challenge, but, um, but it, we've definitely overcome things for sure um, with the help of a lot of people. You know, my, my dad helps out a little bit, but um, yeah, you know, definitely uh, getting through it. And what's a piece of, it of advice if somebody out there is listening and they're like, I've gotten all these ideas, I don't know how to execute on them. 
And, but I know I need to do something, especially as we go into this new year. Sure. I think that's a really good, really good topic, especially this, this year. Um, I think if anyone has a, has a niche, you know, they think they have an idea that they, that they want to start just the only way to start is to just, just start, just put anything out there, you know, put 10 things out. If the 11th thing is the best thing, then it's, you know, you succeeded, you know, just start. And then you'll see once you come to start, it all manifests, you know, you can refine along the way. You'll figure out you don't really like this path. You're going to, you're going to venture towards this way. So I think the biggest thing is just put the first, first foot forward and, and, and just start and just break down that first wall because that's the hardest part, I think. I would have to agree with you so much on this one because it's one of these things where your mind plays a role and it's this huge role of going, you know, well, what's other people going to say of me, the fear of judgment? What if I'm doing something completely different from the norm of what I used to do and now I'm doing this? What will they say? Is it even going to be good enough? Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. And looking back, like even with this show, um, it's been a huge learning curve. But if I didn't take that first step or you didn't take that first step of like, you know, let's try epoxy, but mm -hmm. who knows if it's going to miss up or, you know, what's going to happen? Like we yeah. all have those mishaps and then you get back up and then you start again, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all about getting back up and just trying because people are going to talk, you know, that's never going to stop. And social media is never going to stop. So, you, you know, it's easy to say, oh, don't let people, you know, don't worry about people think because we all, you know, care about what people, what people think about you, you know, it's hard not to, but just know, you know, do it for yourself. You know, you know, if it makes you happy, that's really what it's all about. And that's all you really got to worry about, you know, at the end of the day. And then for yourself, as we dive into this a little bit too, did you have to overcome that, you know, once you first started showcasing your epoxy tables of like, what's one of my best friends going to think or somebody down the road who knows me or, you know? Yeah, for sure. I definitely, um, at first, you know, before I kind of had the idea all the way wrapped up, you know, I'd tell my friends like, yeah, you know, I'm going to start making furniture. You know, they're like, what do you mean? Like sofas? And <laughs> I'm like, no, you know, like, like tables and charcuterie boards are like, well, what's a charcuterie board? What's, you know, so there was definitely probably a year where, you know, it was just like, oh, you know, it's Quinn's hobby or whatever until, you know, I started making some sales and my social media page started growing and then everybody knew what a charcuterie board was, you know what I mean? Um, but at first, totally, totally, you know, no one, no one expected me to be a woodworker. That's for sure. <laughs> um, what did you do before this? Cause you said you industry hopped. Yeah. So, um, like right out of high school, um, I did landscaping. So I, I did hardscapes, um, like outdoor fireplaces and such. And then after that, I um, enrolled in a welding course and got certified. It was two years, honestly, which was like a big direction. I thought I was going to be a welder. You know, I was going to join the union. My uncle's a welder. That might be a, another story. But um, so I did two years of welding, got certified. 
and then you know bailed i was like i don't want to do this i just know i don't want to do it i don't know why and then that's when i worked under my dad for the next four years and fell in love with woodworking and the craft in general and then uh after that you know i stumbled into the fallen tree wood company i love that story and how you just like followed your path of you know you went into it into the welding aspects and you're like i think this is for me i think i know this is what i'm doing and then you felt that intuition of like i'm glad i learned it but yeah. i know this isn't right and i'm not going to follow in other people's footsteps and them tell me this is the right path that i need to go in because i got certified mm -hmm. i'm going to take a step back and go a different route yep and it all comes back around, you know, because now I don't have to outsource any of my frames for my tables. You know, I weld those all in-house, which a lot of shops don't do that or don't offer that, you know, custom welding. So it kind of all comes back around, you know, everything works out. And it gives you an added artistic flair to your pieces, I feel like, instead of, you know, finding somebody who's already going to have prefabs steel or iron pieces or whatever material that you're using for legs, you mm -hmm. can work with a client and be like, oh, you want something special? Like, yeah. here's what I can offer you that you're not going to find from Joe down the street or somebody else online because I actually do this and here's my favorite and this is what I foresee for this piece. Yeah, the clients definitely enjoy, you know, working with me through the whole process they're basically de designing it you know i'll, I'll kind of send them some pictures of some good wood that i think's nice nice and ready to use and then they pick the color and like i said we'll go over the base and whether they want a custom rack for their keyboard or you know just a, a little rail for their feet because they like to put their feet up you know i can just do that for them and i think i think in the long run i think that's what'll that's what'll continue to get business you know the little things like that and it continues to set you apart from other people in the industry and just showcases like not only the detail that you have for your artwork and these furniture pieces, but also like the level that you take your pieces to. It's no longer just a dining room table top. You have the whole entire piece, you're hand delivering it you're traveling across the country and saying, here you go, this is my finest work. I believe 100% in it and I'm going to personally install it for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely hands-on with the whole process. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's definitely hard to see pieces leave, you know, when I make them just because I, you know, I have some emotion wrapped up in them, honestly. And, um, but, you know, through the whole process, you know, I'll take pictures and and everything like that and give them to the client so they can see how it was made. But at the end of the day, when, when a piece leaves, you know, and a client's, a client's really happy, it's kind of bittersweet because there really is so much work that the client has no idea about that I go through. But it, it's always worth it when the client's happy. And how long 
does one of your larger pieces take for somebody who's listening is like, I thought you just poured epoxy in it and grab some wood. Um, besides the drying of the wood, like say a piece of wood is already dried. How long does it take from there? If I came to you with a conception of an idea mm-hmm. and how long would it take to get this done? So from start to finish, if you came with me with an idea or you're like, I want this color, I want this size, it usually takes three to four weeks. Now the Sanibel Island table that I did was, it was kind of rushed because um, you know, I just, the client was, uh, wanted to get it to the client. And I did that one in 20 days. Now, you know, I kind of devoted all my time to it 24 seven. You know, I, I wouldn't really do that again, but it takes three to four weeks usually to get one finished out and then finished. And once I finish it and put the base on, I like to let it sit for kind of like three or four days and just let it acclimate, you know, let the screws settle, let anything that needs to happen, happen, and then it's ready to go to the clients. That is amazing. And are you doing this 100% by yourself or is your dad helping you or do you have other people in the shop to provide extra hands or is it sort Uh, of like a one man show right now? Yeah, at, at this point, it's it's basically just me. My dad, um, he like I said, he's a carpenter, so he has his own, own contracting business, but he definitely helps when I need help. And um, if there's a project too big, like that table, I couldn't flip that one by myself. So he had to help me flip it. And um, I'm probably definitely under justifying him. He definitely helps a lot. He's definitely around. You know, I mean, I mean, like I said earlier, I'm in his shop that he kind of kind of let me take over which I'm, which is, which is, I'm really grateful for, but it's just me and my dad really. And that's wonderful that you can like both have your own side hobbies, or I don't want to say side hobbies, jobs. You both have your separate jobs that you're doing, but it's under the same house and you can go to him as not only a dad, but also have this mentor of like, I don't know about this piece. What do you think? Or, you know, if he needs extra hands on this and you can be like, have you thought about it like this and Mm -hmm. have this sounding board mentor and all in the mix of you going out and doing something completely new and different. Yeah, I definitely have a huge, huge advantage, I think, which I'm really grateful for because he is a master carpenter. And he's the type of guy that, you know, he's really, really dry. You know, he's just going to tell you how it is. So, you know, I'll be in there in the shop working all day and I'll come in and just be like, that's not the right way. You know, you got to do it different or it's just not right. And, um, you know, I listen to him every time because he knows a lot more than me. So, so uh, I definitely have a huge advantage in that way, which I'm, like I said, I'm grateful for every day to have him there. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you'd be like drawing that straws going like, maybe this will work. Um, yeah. I could try. Well, he, definitely, to he definitely lets me uh, lets me learn the hard way. Some most of the. But every once in a while, I chip them. Yeah, I mean, we all need to learn sometimes the hard way to sort of like learn how to figure it out. But it's always nice Absolutely. when you do have, you know, somebody who can can call on and just be like, okay, like, what do you think? Here's what I've got so yeah. far. I'm, when you work with clients and building these tables and all of these design pieces, are you letting yourself still have creative liberty with different aspects of it? 
Yeah, for sure. A lot of the times, you know, the clients, they, so they're not really too familiar with what I do. I find like most of the time, you know, they, they go through my page and they see, they see the pictures, but they don't know exactly what they can in, contribute in terms of like what they can pick. So a lot of the times they're like, you know, I'll leave it up to you. They'll say, um, you know, I want an end table. I want a darker color wood with blue. And then I kind of go from there. And, you know, whether it's black walnut or you can get a, you know, a darker color maple. And then in terms of the color, you can do, you can do a flat or you can do metallic. And they kind of usually leave that up to me, which is great. Um, but like I said earlier, you can't really go wrong, you know, with, with stuff like this. It always looks pretty. For sure. And, you know, just from playing with it, there would be days where I just like come back and I'm like, this was so much fun. I don't care what it looks like. I mm -hmm. had this moment of like, oh, it's beautiful. I got to play today. Do you That's have cool. moments like that where you're just like, I get to play every day I come in to work? Yeah, for sure. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was I was flattening a, a table down on the router sled that we built. And uh, it was some hard work. It's like relatively hard, you know, in terms of the process, one of the harder steps. And I was like, man, you know, it's hot. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But then I took a step back and was like, I'm, I'm doing what I love. You know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. You know, I'm blessed to have this opportunity. So for sure, definitely feel lucky to, to be going. And, and just like I said, some days I don't have a project to build. And I'll just go in there and make something, anything I want. And really lucky to be able to do that. What has been with that? And, you know, you're in these moments of like, I'm so lucky I'm to this place, even though it's may not be where you foresee it to go in the future. What's some of the things that keeps you in check to like continue growing? Or like, I know we were mm -hmm. talking and you said social media has been really great. Are you doing collaborations? Like, where do you see the next steps going for you, especially as we come into a new year? For sure. I think that's a really good question. Um, so next year, I have some big plans. It's For me, it's all about long view and, you know, big starting with the end in sight. And for me, my goal next year is to have a storefront in Easton, the town I live in, with a shop in the back. So, you know, I'll be doing all my work in the shop and then have a storefront where I can sell from and be the number one, I wanna be the number one storefront in Easton, Maryland. And, and that's what keeps me going is, is the long view of where I wanna be and not really where I, where I think I wanna be, where I know I'm gonna go kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of keeps me going every day. And let's dive into this of, you know, where you know you are going versus where you want to be, like this idea. How did you go about this? Because a lot of this is 100% mindset. Right, right. Of right. like, I want to be here, but it's like still this far-fetched idea hanging out in left field. Whereas if you say, this is where I'm going. Yeah, it, it all comes down to mindset, which the last couple of months, actually, I've, I've, I've dived really deep into mindset and like kind of like self-discipline stuff. But for me, when you say um, like, 
I know I'm going to have the number one storefront in Easton next year. You know, your mind remembers that, you know, if you're, if you say, I want to have the number one storefront, you know, what's really telling your mind, how are you going to do it? You know, your, your, your mind's a tricky thing and self-consciously it kind of holds us back. So what I try to do is just, is just say like, oh, I know I'm going to have the number one storefront or I know I'm going to have a monetized YouTube channel with 50,000 subscribers and, and all this and that. And, and, you know, comes to, a lot of it is uh, manifestations. You know, I practice man, manifesting a lot, which I'm a true believer in. And that's, that's kind of what I'm doing there. You know, I'm just saying my goals until, until they're true. Same. I am right there with you. Like when you speak something, you believe it. And yeah. when you put it into that perspective and you're putting it out there, then it keeps you on track. You know, like it may not be a hundred percent how you said it, you know, or how you first envisioned it, but it's going to come back and it's going to come back in a way that you're like, wow, this really did happen. I got to this point and I'm still going places and I see it with you. And I know it's definitely going to happen. Like the work is beautiful. First of all, thank you got the mindset you've got the trajectory you're learning how the business works and going through it but I also see this as you know like I see it as like yes you're going to have a storefront in eastern Maryland but you're also going to impact so many more people who see your work and are going to call you up and be like hey Quint I've got an idea I've got a project in mind uh, you want to build me something in Texas? Right, right. Yeah, for sure. I've already, um, like I said earlier about Max Effort, it's for the for the people listening, um, Corey G is the owner of Max Effort Muscle Fitness. You can look him up online. It's like a supplement company. And um, and just through social media, you know, they're they're a really big company and they hit me up because they noticed my work. And um, like I was telling you earlier, they want me to come out to their warehouse and build them a big live edge laser engraved sign and it's things like that where um you know i never really thought woodworking would take me that route uh, in terms of like befriending these people in the fitness industry you know now i got now i'm buddies with these people and 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 taking me to florida and 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 now i get to go to ohio so this past year for sure has been um has been game changer And it's one of these years that I feel as a whole, like even though we've lacked connection physically in person, everybody's more apt to like have conversations, want to connect and genuinely take an interest in what other people are up to. And that's one of the reasons why I started this is like, I miss that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm getting to connect with you in Maryland. I've connected with people in the UK and Singapore yesterday. Like the world is so big and we've yeah. sort of like hit this breaking point of in the past, I, like in our minds, we would think, oh, well, yeah, we could FaceTime or I'm just going to wait to take a business meeting and, you know, hop on a plane to get there and be face to face. Whereas now we just press a button and they're like, I can connect with so many people and get to a new spot 
that I never would have imagined a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with the whole virtual thing, so like just a few months ago, I did my first Zoom call ever. You know, my parents, you know, they wanted to hop on and I was like, all right, you know, let me, let me download Zoom. I've never done this before. Hopped on Zoom, you know, we chatted, I, you know, we chatted with my grandparents. And um, so as bad as a year has been, I definitely found, you know, I've, I've broken ground in ways that I don't think I would have if, 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 if events hadn't played out how they had they did. So, which is very interesting, I think. And I can totally relate. It's been one of these years where it's like everything that you originally had plans at the beginning of the year, like last January, February, it was like, throw it in a ball, paper wad and throw it out the window, you know, set it on fire with a rocket. You're never (laughs) getting it back. Right. Yeah. Kiss it. Uh, Kiss it goodbye. Yeah, it's gone. It's long gone. Whatever you thought was written down there, it's not there. And it's been not only a huge learning experience, but I have found it's one that's gotten us back to center. And that has brought us back to this point of like, what is important in life? Mm -hmm. Where do you really foresee yourself going? And not wanting to go, but actually going there, like you had mentioned, and getting this perspective of like, maybe what you had been doing in the past, if it was something different, yes, everything happens for a reason, but now is this time that it's a turning point and you Mm got to roll with it. Otherwise you're going to get left behind and, you know, wait in this pile of like muck over here. Yeah, I, I definitely think this year was a big year. It forced a lot of people to kind of pivot. And, um, you know, it forced a lot of people off their routines, which, which is definitely uncomfortable for a lot of people. But I think it was a big wake-up call for a lot of us to um, realize, you know, the little things in life that we take for granted every day, how fast they can be pulled away. And, and before we know it, they're gone and we miss them so much. And, and you know, in the past, we, we had these luxuries and we just, oversee, we just oversaw everything and took everything for granted. So I think it was a, definitely a huge wake up call, but I think for the most part, everyone's gonna benefit from it. You know, I think, I think it's gonna be a good thing. I completely agree with you. You know, everything happens for a reason and you pivot and you turn and you see all of these incredible blessings that have come up from this year. And as we get ready to wrap up the show, I wanna dive into this. And it's the one question that I've asked from the very beginning um, is what's one of the biggest blessings for you? One of the biggest blessings for me, um, and it might sound cheesy, but this year is my girlfriend. So we've been together for three years. But this year with being on quarantine, my girlfriend and I have connected in a way that we haven't in the past because we were forced to. And we both grown as individuals and got to know each other on different levels that I think we just may not have if things hadn't played out. So I'm grateful for the connection I've built with my significant other, honestly. Oh, I love it. I. It doesn't sound cheesy to me at all. And for people right. listening who are like, 
oh, these people are just in great relationships and yeah. it's so easy and all of this stuff. Because I know uh, people probably get sick of me mentioning my boyfriend in a lot of these episodes and online and they're like, oh, she's got it so good. Right. But, you know, they don't know the backstory of when you like previous relationships were absolute train wrecks and mm. you're like what it's gotten to be at this point. And that value of like developing a relationship. And like you said, it was like forced connection yeah. and you grow together, you learn together and you can adapt and mm -hmm. see it as like a new way of connecting and be grateful for all these moments, even though at times you might be going, how in the world did you ever think that, you know, or yeah. the other moments where you're like, I love this. Like, why aren't we, why haven't we been doing this for years now? You know? Yeah, um, exactly. But it's not cheesy at all to me. And I want to ask you one more question on that. Um, so did it force you guys to spend more time together than what you had in the past? Over I don't think um, it necessarily forced us to spend more time together because luckily I was, I was still able to go to my shop. I was luckily enough to, to be able to do that. But I think it forced us um, it, to connect in a way like with our routines and kind of intertwine our live, our lifestyles to work the most way for, for both of us. So we're at a point now where, you know, I wake up, do my routine, she does her routine and I'm in, she's out, you know, I come home for dinner, we're, we're, we're all, we're sync, we're synced. And I think we established that over the past couple of months, you know, just being around each other so much. And um, we're, we're just really, really doing it, I guess. Ooh, I love it. It's in flow and it's going, you know, your terms, it's in sync. And when life happens like this, you're in this state of flow, the creativity's flowing. It's, you've got the connection flowing in life and relationships, and it just continues to build and build and build. And it's yeah. going so many more great places, more than you can imagine, Quint. So I'm so excited to see it and watch it. Um, where can the listeners find more information out about you? Website, social sure. media? So right now I just have an Instagram account where I post most of my content, which is the Fallen Tree Wood Co. Um, is my Instagram handle. And the beginning of the new year, I'll be dropping a uh, YouTube channel, which will be like two to three minute loud in your face videos of me making projects. And so that's, that's pretty exciting to look forward to. That is amazing. I'll make sure to put the links um, in the show notes, as well as wherever you're watching this to go connect with Quint on Instagram. And once that YouTube channel gets launched, it will also be in the show notes here. I am so glad that we connected, uh, Quint. Like I said, works amazing. So beautiful. Keep on keeping on and doing amazing pieces of art. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much, Bobby, for having me on. I think what you're doing here is really cool because I miss coffee shops. I miss connecting the small talk. I miss the smell. I miss all of it. So I think it's really cool what you're doing. And I'm happy to come on any other time. 
Oh, thanks so much, Quint. And for all of those who are watching or listening today, I hope you have an incredible rest of 2021. If you're catching this in 2021 or the future, I hope you have an incredible day, incredible week, and just live life with inspiration and passion that keeps you going to your next place in life. And this has been a wrap of today's episode of Coffee with Bobby and Quince. Have a great day.